Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and it's Pick on Tony Day. Yeah! Tony, Tony. So Doyle those, rules. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who are not familiar, this is uh, the Tony's version of the Crate Invasion sub-series of the Pick 3 series of episodes of podcasts. So let's clear all that up. So the Pick 3 series started out as a, uh, a series of episodes that we do where we each pick out three tracks under some theme, you know, something important to us from our history or three favorite hip-hop tracks and that sort of thing. And we've gone into this uh, secondary version of those where we invade the crate of uh, one of us here co-hosts and uh, make them answer to whatever records we pick out. Stand and be judged. Yes. So nice. we've, grabbed, we've grabbed some randoms here and we're going to see what we all came up with. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but before we jump into that, um, we had a really interesting voicemail that I would love to address. Uh, Trip, if you can pull up Yashin from Switzerland, and let's give that a listen. Sure. Hi, passionate DJ. This is Yashin from Switzerland. First of all, I need to make a confession. I am not even a DJ. I consider myself a producer slash life hack, or in your words, I'm one of the guys who presses play. I still enjoy listening to your podcast since a lot of the topics you discuss are not exclusive to DJs. They are the same for everyone who is engaged in the nightlife industry. And you guys are just DJ and music nerds, and I really dig that when nerds are talking about their craft. Now, cut to the point. In the last year I heard more and more often the sentence no I don't have Facebook especially from younger guys and so to speak the next generation of ravers they're totally hooked on social media but they prefer stuff like snapchat Instagram and so on my question is what do you guys think will change for artists regarding promotion since these new platforms don't have this neat organization anymore Facebook has with their events and fan pages and stuff do you think it will become necessary for artists to jump on that instant broadcasting train snap and co-deliver? And another question directed at Trip. Since you're more and more producing tracks, are you planning to start doing live sets or will you stay with DJing? In the end, I need to defend my honor a little. There's a lot more involved in playing live than just pressing play. If you guys are interested, I'd be happy to share my whole process of playing live, the preparement, the actual work on the stage, and so on with you. Keep the good work up. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Okay, great. So there's a lot to unpack there. So I think we're probably going to have to play back a couple parts of that so we make sure we hit all the points. Right. Um, first of all, thank you very much. That was a very uh, th thoughtful message, and I like the uh, the music nerd comment. Absolutely. That absolutely like, I, describes what we're doing here. Exactly. We <laughs> wear that badge with honor. Like. <laughs> it's kind of cool to hear somebody from Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. that's the first and, for us. And like what we're doing. Yeah, so we appreciate yeah, that's that. that's the first one from Scandinavia I think we've ever mm -hmm. had. So uh, the first part I can I can definitely speak to where he's asking about uh, younger people not being on Facebook and these other kind of social media platforms picking yeah, it's, up. It, that's that's been something that's been on the way. Like I mean, Facebook is for old people now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I've. I've been paying a lot of attention to this myself, and so I've been. I know Tony's heard me do this at least two or three times, but I tend to when I when I run into younger people. I ask them what they're using social media app wise. Right. And I'm still getting Facebook personally. I'm still, I get Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat over and over again. Those are the ones that I hear. I keep waiting for people to stop saying Facebook mm. and I haven't experienced that yet. So I, I don't depends. know if that's, if that's just my own personal uh, sample base that right. just happens to be that way, or if it's a difference in uh, Americans versus across the pond, you know, I don't know. Well, and even within America, I mean, we're in the middle of the country, you know, where yeah. we are usually the last to adopt anything. That's true. Um, we're not New York or LA, so there's a delay. Right, right, right. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, but that that's definitely been a, me being in the technology industry. That's definitely something that I've been reading a lot about. That you know, especially with younger uh, generations, yeah. you know, millennials uh, are 
are are just not even signing up for Facebook or they're abandoning it or yeah. you know it's just not cool or because my parents are on it and blah 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 blah. I think it depends on the point you're trying to get across though True. too. Yeah. Yeah. That second wave of millennials like I'd say the 21 and under Right. They're using Instagram and Snapchat, uh, not a lot of Facebook. Well, and that's like because their attention spans are ten times smaller. Exactly. So to his point, you know, that's yeah, that's really the crux of his uh, right. Question. I mean, how do you how do you how do you how do you get to that demographic by leveraging that type of media? So Tony kind of hit the nail on the head with that. It's it's a short attention span thing. Mm-hmm. So micro content. Mm-hmm. You just keep dripping micro content. We're going away of live streaming and unprofessional, unproduced content going out constantly. You know, that having a constant drip of content is more important than having one really polished thing. So as far as social media goes, so I think that that's going to be part of the strategy um, because, you know, what he's saying is you can't on Facebook, you have kind of an entire ecosystem to work with flawed as it is to where you can create an event page, you can share that event to other people, you can invite people to it. You can boost it. You can boost it. There's a whole system around that. Sure. Um, less so for Instagram, even less so for Snapchat, Snapchat right. and so on. And and it doesn't seem like we're trending in the way of creating the next Facebook. Okay, right. it's going to be the next specialized, uh, and it's going to start out as a niche app. Right, right, like Snapchat was. It'll have some killer feature. It'll grab a bunch of people, and then people will start using it, and then that platform will evolve. And we need to evolve with those platforms if we want to use them effectively. So um, that's something for me personally. Speaking on the Snapchat one, there is Passionate DJ Snapchat. You can follow at Passionate DJ on Snapchat if you want to. But that is something that I struggle with is Snapchat because it's hard to create content for a platform where inherently that content is going to disappear very soon so you nobody wants to put a lot of time into that because it's going to go away right so that's where this idea of micro content and uh, you know kind of underproduced things comes in hey just constantly keep people on your mind and remind them that you're there Um, i think that's going to be a big part of it right um as far as the actual organization of the event and getting them there um you know that's that's a tough one for Snapchat, Instagram. I mean, you can you can kind of post flyers and things, but you really want to operate natively to that platform. And just posting f- a picture of your flyer on Snapchat is not the effective way to use Snapchat. That's not what people are there for. Right, right. Yeah, and and I'm I'm with you. I I, I also have Snapchat. I believe I'm at Trip Turlington or something like that. Um, just how often you use it right, right i'm right. the same way i use it during shows but I, i'm not on it like i don't snap every 10 seconds yeah. of what's going on in my I, I don't even have it because it doesn't it's not conducive to like what i'm trying to advertise or use as a social media platform yeah it's yeah. it's tough because people you know fans of passionate dj they want to know what's going on in our everyday you know <clears throat> just hey what are what's the team up to what are they doing what kind of adventures are they on and i try to to make sure that we have something to deliver to our fans for that i think personally i think i do well on instagram with that but not so much on snapchat and facebook it's it's really hard to not use facebook as distribution you know what i mean like here's a new podcast episode and then you post the link and then you know you're always trying to find creative ways to, to grab people's attention without just looking spammy or getting lost in in the mess right i'm with you i i I have a uh, a hard time with snapchat because you know for me it's it's the lack of um feedback so like Mm. yeah i could put a story together or i can you know add a bunch of you know micro content as as it's called you know some short video clips of what i'm doing throughout the day but my, it's all outward looking yeah and, and my yeah. day is pretty freaking mundane and you know especially like if what we're talking about you know the thing that i think makes me interesting to the people who may be listening to this is my love and interest in djing and electronic music but not my entire day 
cycles around that you know yeah. i've got a real job i've got a toddler you know a home life and you know and all a this other, ass neighbor yeah, yeah it's <laughs> awesome neighbor but you know so my life doesn't necessarily revolve around all of that stuff right often enough for me to create you know enough content to just throw out there that might be interesting to all of these people and when i do and i do then it goes away, yeah. you know, and I have day or something, uh, something or yeah, I, 24 hours, something like that. And, and I don't know if anybody liked it or not. Like, <laughs> right. I was going to say, at least with, one thing you can say for stuff Instagram. like Facebook yeah. is you, yeah. you have like a robust set of analytics that you can right. really dig into. And as a content creator, you get really interested in that stuff. And that right. stuff becomes very helpful and tells you what your audience wants and what they engage with. Right. And that stuff is much harder on your typical new second wave mobile social app. Sure. And, and even with Instagram, you know, you get that dopamine rush every time, you know, somebody's like, you know, hitting the likes um, or hearts on, on Instagram or whatever it is. But like my problem with Instagram and my wife will be the first one to tell you this is I'm horrible at taking pictures. <laughs> like not just like. Like not just the content of the picture, like you know my 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 form sucks, or you know I I however you stage the photo, yeah, yeah. all of that. I'm I'm horrible at it. She is discipline. (laughs) It's it's ninety percent lighting. Well, and 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 so I've been trying to do better about that, you know, at least within my family life. But then, like like I said, you know. Whenever I'm like out at a show or, you know, or, you know, doing stuff here in my studio, like the last thing on my mind is taking pictures of things. And when I do take pictures of things, then I just go ahead and post them to Facebook because that's where I am, you know. So, but like Dave just said, a lot of it's lighting because I know when we went to Urban, I was trying very hard to take good pictures to post on the site. And yeah. there were a handful of the hundred shots that I took that were even worth putting up. Right. You know, right. So there's that inherent challenge. Yeah. Because I, I, I do have a photography background, so I'm kind of snobbish about that stuff. Sure. I don't want to put anything out half-assed. But you want to start following us around, and then you can take pictures of us. Scratch <laughs> <laughs> any DJ need to invest in a DSLR? I kind of need. I kind of do that already. You just don't know about yeah. it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's very sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think that's for for me being an old guy, you know, like you know, I'm not a millennial, and I'm uh, uh, that's the that's the the hard part um, that you know he uh, that Yashin uh, puts out there is you know so how how do you create this content that is easily consumable, easy to create, and worth it, and worth it exactly on a platform like, that they're accessing. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think I mean it's going to be a different answer per platform. So it's it's kind of like trying to predict the future, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know what the next big social media app is going to be and how it's going to work, and that's right. going to change my answer. Right. But I think that right now, streaming and micro content is really important. If you can manage to do that, just give people constant reasons to think about you and to see you. Um, the, the the point I really want to drive home here is each social media platform is different, and you need to operate natively within that platform. You can't just it, you can't have yeah you can't have ten different social media profiles and post the same exact content on all of them because it's going to suck on at least half of them. They have different. Um, aspect ratios of photos and things that work well of images right. they have different text limits you know you're not going to post the, a diatribe on facebook and then copy it to twitter that doesn't work <laughs> right right so operating within the platform however it operates you need to find that zone and work there so um it's better to have two or three and really focus on them and learn them find out where your audience is right that's work what with I was that say, platform yeah learn it well before you move on to another one and if it's not working for you then maybe try another one but trying to take them on all at once is a recipe for disaster and i think from the consumer aspect as far as like the people that utilize those platforms they have different expectations for content within that line within that product line well for example so Facebook is still very important to Passionate DJ strategy, but sure. PassionateDJ.com has a lot of written content, and about half of our traffic is from SEO, and so that means that that written co- that's 
written content that's also shareable. And so it makes sense for me to share that on a platform where people are used to going to articles mm. and things. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really work so well on Instagram. For one thing, you can't even post a hyperlink in Instagram. Right. So, you know, that's just an, an obvious example right there of that, that cross-platform change is it's going to make all the difference. Sure. So that's my my big point on that is operate within that platform and just be willing to pivot when a new one comes out and you need to move to it and we'll see where it goes and just keep dripping out that micro content yeah um so then what does he talk about next and another question directed at trip since you're more and more producing tracks are you planning to start doing live sets or will you stay with djing Okay, so next question is for you, Trip. <clears throat> right. You ever uh, dive into the world of uh, live PA and li and that sort of performance? No, I don't really have any interest. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair answer. No, so you like to keep those worlds separate? Yeah, yeah, if, and and maybe that's just the way that my brain is set up. I, it, because I've I've never approached production as a as a live thing when yeah. i sit down to produce something i am taking a bunch of like building blocks putting them together and seeing what i can build out of it and then producing a product yeah so like when i write a song i am writing a song and you know put and, and pushing that 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 final audio out um, I've worked on it to some degree. I'm invested in it, and 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 I like the way that it ended up. I might do a VIP variation in production for anybody who didn't know what that means, hmm. um, or I may do, you know, some minor changes, you know, for to give myself some extra mixing in and out time um, hmm. versus what I actually turn into a stu into the. Um, into the record label for uh, for distribution, uh, just those types of you know little edits for my own benefit when I'm playing them out. But yeah, like because I love DJing for the sake of DJing, um, and for me, I, I get I get a kick out of taking my own tracks and mixing them with other tracks from you know other right. artists that I like. You know, so for me, that's that's what I like to do when I'm DJing, and then when I'm producing like i i don't play you know so um you know i can sit here and fumble with my little 25 key <laughs> midi controller here but um you know i'm not a pianist by any means um you know so by playing live you know using that in air quotes here um for me it would be like you know still pressing play as yashin says here like it, it, but I don't know what to really do at that point. Like if I've written the song, then I've written the song, right? Like, yeah. It's hard to separate that in your, in your head. Cause you're used to thinking of that studio experience as right. something separate. Yeah. So like, yeah. If, yeah, I like I use Ableton live. Um, that, that's, that's the world I live in. I love it. Uh, and I converted from logic. Um, and I just, I, I love the workflow. I love the way it's set up. I, I like how it, how it works. Um, However, that being said, I almost never use the um, the session view. You know, the one that's all gridded mm -hmm. up. Um, I'm always in the arrangement view, which is yeah. your more traditional digital audio workstation. You know, workflow. Um, so you know, at, I'm not. I I would never rule it out. You know. Um, yeah. But um, I and I've actually got a couple of friends that. I've produced with and made some tracks with who are making that dive over into, you know, the more live production yeah. um, or live PA type of thing. But I, I just, I share those sentiments cause I, I started out producing and I, I've always kept those worlds separate and it, I'm the same way. It's for me, they're part of the same world, but they're different activities. Right. And so it's, it's hard for me to, to do that, to put my head in that space but you spend enough time in Tractor these days, and it starts giving you ideas if you start playing with the remix decks and stems, stems and features right, like right, that. Right. But the one thing that really kind of got me, it changed, maybe like thinking about it a little bit, was uh, I got a machine studio mm, yeah, and started yeah. playing with that. 
Right. And then I started going, oh man, I just I just cranked out a, a pretty dope house beat in like three minutes. Right. <laughs> that's that's right. pretty cool. Right. You know, you combine that, that with easy? you combine yeah. that with complete ten, and you just got the world at your fingertips. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, personally, I've thought about adding a live element to my DJ sets in sure. the same way that you can in Tractor. Right. But uh, as far as a straight up live PA, I don't know. I I, I love seeing other people do it, and I Absolutely. think it's great. But it's just yeah. not where my head's at when I'm up there. Yep, same here. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I'll, I I don't know that I'll ever rule it out. But uh, just kind of where I'm at in life, I, I don't really have the time to, you know, teach myself how to play live, and I don't really you know know where to take it. But um, you know, it, like I said, never rule anything out. But well, uh, maybe Yashin will. Uh, caller right back in because he talks about describing his own live setup and I don't know if he plays keys or 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 any live instruments or if he's talking about some other form of of live performance so yeah maybe he can shed some some light on that yeah for sure Um, so then we we wrap up with this press play question can we hear that again in the end I need to defend my honor a little. There's a lot more involved in playing live than just pressing play. If you guys are interested I'd be happy to share my whole process of playing live, the preparement, the actual work on the stage and so on with you. Keep the good work up, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Okay, so I I feel like maybe I've missed something or possibly misspoken in the past, one of us, and not realized it. Um, and I know that personally, I have no beef with with live PA. I think they're right. awesome. Right. So, I, the press play comment has we have said that before, but I know I've never meant that in a way that was derogatory derogatory right. towards live PA right. people. Um, usually, that's in reference the, to the the, the, the popular Dead Mouse article that oh, came right. out a few years back. That yeah. was a big controversy. So we we kind of say that ironically or, or tongue in cheek, but right, right, um, yeah. Please, by all means, uh, don't don't take that as an insult. Uh, we're we're impressed by a good live PA. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, and even on I the I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even on the on the um, our musicians DJs uh, article, mm-hmm. um, uh, there which, was a, which is getting it's starting to pick up again. I know, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's <laughs> picking back up. But um, there was uh, a comment that I responded to where. Somebody actually picked out Dead Mouse and used that as the example, and you know, so I, I, I pretty much kind of hit them with the wall of text, you know, basically saying, like, look, if you want to, if you want to point at Dead Mouse, okay, fine, we can point at Dead Mouse. He notoriously says, yeah, all I do is push play, but. You know, and, and he also notoriously says, I'm not a DJ, yeah. you know, so like, you know, at that point, you what you are doing is is more of a live performance. And even if all you're doing on the stage is pressing play and then everything is all synced up via MIDI and everything else, what you're doing is you're putting on a show, yeah. you know, so even if you're not playing a single instrument live, even if you're not tweaking a single knob live. Everything that has gone into building that show and that experience is art, is music. It's been created by you, you know, and, and, and so, you know, a lot of people miss that because it's just, you know, it's not the, for a lot of people, if it's not somebody strumming a guitar and hitting yeah. every chord correctly, yeah. you know. Well, then, and, and he's still mixing. You know, most <coughs> most of these situations, there's still mixing involved. There's, uh, in Dead Mouse's case, there's a shit ton of visuals involved right. and all the right. stuff that that he's kind of, he's like the man behind the curtain, right. like Wizard of Oz, right? right. Like he's right. just kind of got his hands on everything and just making sure it all does what it's supposed to. When it's supposed to do it, exactly. Uh, yeah. According to him, you know. Right. And so, the same people make this argument about girl talk as well. Right. You know, I, I've seen him several times and I enjoy what he puts, I enjoy his production. Right. Yeah, I mean, he usually winds up, you know, sweating like a <laughs> yeah you know, sweating like a like a thief in the night but you know in his underwear standing on top of the booth but you know but then not you know, not, you know i've also seen it from from large-scale festivals all the way down to little local shows with 20 people in the room i've seen some crazy live pa type setups Absolutely. with like you know three and four drum machines all connected with like old school five pin midi cables right and or nine pin is it whatever yeah, it is whatever yeah. um all you know and just 
like a chaos pad and some kind of mixer and then some kind of synth over here and a guitar and keyboards and i mean you can take this to whatever extreme that you want yep. and that that's all awesome to me i say more power to you absolutely same here but you know he he threw the offer out you know as far as you know showing us you know his rig and and his process and all of that i would absolutely be interested in seeing that yeah absolutely shoot us an email or send it to the face we've been talking a little bit on facebook if you want to post it in there or just send us another voicemail we'd love to hear more about it yep absolutely snapchat would be a challenge though (laughs) (laughs) but if you want some practice we'll take snapchat too (laughs) that's right that's right all right, let's get into this pick three. So, who do I'll we want to back here trying to be all quiet, thinking you guys would forget? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what we all turned up with here. Who's going first? So, what I have oh, selected out of I love Zero's collection is a. I can see the mm, label now. <laughs> shiny doohickey here. Yeah, some some gold, I guess, with some white on there. It's from Energy Fifty Two. Cafe Del Mar 98, which, uh, if you don't speak Spanish, that's drinking coffee in March. Of 98. Of 98. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have the original three-in-one mix along with the Nolan and Kane Nalan and Kane. Nalan and Kane. Mm-hmm. Now. I am not familiar with this track. Really important, though. Like, yes, iconic, classic track, but what record label was it released on? The original? Or, oh, Hooch Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> like, for anybody who doesn't know Hooch Tunes, it's, you know, what was their tagline? Um, it, releasing half decent house music. <laughs> yeah, since, since whatever. Since yeah. whatever, yeah. Like, um, uh, uh, so I'll go ahead and start it. But I had a chill out mix. It was like Chicane it or was, something that I really liked too. This song was originally released in. Um, I want to say like 1993. Is it that old? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was this, mid-90s, but... it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure the original came out in 1993. Let me look it up. 93 or 94. And after Jimmy plays it, I'll tell you where I first heard it, and that's why I can kind of remember the date. Um, Cafe Del Mar is an actual place in Ibiza, isn't it? It's, it's like a chill-out bar, I think. Can we... Let's look at it. Yeah, you yeah, got it's, me. Yeah, in Ibiza. I'll look it up. But it's only open in March. Right. <laughs> it's a coffee shop in a bees. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Got some classic signatures there. Cafe Del Mar is a bar located in Sant Antony de Portmany, Ibiza. I probably said that wrong. Established in 1980. And then, of course, there's a Cafe Del Mar record label that was established in 99. They put out all kinds of good chill-out tunes and stuff. Nice. Yeah, this, I mean... Yeah, it's a song released in 1993 by the Trance Project Energy 52. Okay. And there was tons of remixes of it. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just anytime I see a Hooge label, like... Oh man, I just I kick myself in the. Ugh. It's a little stick figure with little uh, yeah, yeah, turntables. That, that was yeah, that was a um, that was kind of their gimmick. Yeah. That was a gimmick for for uh, for a little while, and then mm-hmm. what was it around ninety nine two thousand? They kind of changed it uh, to be like a little bit more, you know, sleeker, modern, mm. um, and they did away with the stick figures and all of that stuff. But um, you know, just I mean. It, that label just put out so much good stuff and and they would do re-releases like this one with you know more modern remixes and stuff like that but i mean this right here this right here comes that yeah, iconic synth line exactly yeah, i was really 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 big into the uh I don't want to say big room, but the, just the trance leads oh, yeah. back then. Progressive yeah. trance. That's I mean that's what that's what they called it, and that's what it was for sure. Because this is when like trance really like started to break itself away from like the really hypnotic 
repetitive, like very techno-y. When like, everybody was saying epic trance. Right, epic right, trance, absolutely. Because it started trance. It started to take on that that euphoric kind of property while having a more structured song a, a, a more structured approach well, to the songwriting that and the jp8 8000 came out with the super saw and it was all over <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do is just triple them up put a little bit of <laughs> chorus and reverb yeah, on it detune every single detune one by a <laughs> half a cent and you're good to go yep then you got da, 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 da. <laughs> and then EDM was born after that boom <laughs> voila right right oh man this is so good though like I just I remember the the, the energy and the feeling yeah. from like back when trance was it man like and I know that, like there's gonna be so many younger people that listen to this podcast and they're like oh here they go again here but I mean talking about the good old days <laughs> I'm telling you, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, it, every generation has their thing. And I and I totally respect and totally get, you know, why the kids are into what they're into today. But, you know, this was it for us, you know. This so was like, classic. This was yeah. a, a classic lead. Yeah. Um, and then it breaks down to just the, the atmospheric. Oh, yeah. right here all right here we go yeah you have waited eight and a half minutes <laughs> for this <laughs> but this will get stuck in your head for the rest of the week i that's promise right that's right <laughs> that was always the 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 cool part about all the epic trance and the <laughs> was the epic breakdown uh, right right because the two, the two three minute breakdowns yeah because like you know, as a trance DJ, like that was that was the crazy part was, you know, mixing these tracks together and getting people into that zone. And I mean, you could have a room full of people, you know, whether it's a couple hundred or a couple thousand and everybody's just, you know, on it and they're dancing and all of that. But then when it all breaks down and every so you've got them, they're eating out of the palm of your hand and this comes on. back my the guy that actually taught me how to mix uh brian destout um he made a mixtape he moved to uh cape coral fort myers naples area in florida and he came back he moved back when he came back he had a mixtape that he made and it was from I don't know if you guys are familiar with promo only or not. Oh yeah it's like I the, the mix that. service. Spent lots of money on so on that so stuff. the club that he worked at um, he had all these promo only, so he made this mixtape, and this song was actually on it. Hmm. And that's where I I heard the song, and then 
I know I didn't get the actual original, but when Hooge came out with it, you know that's and I had already was buying everything that came out on Hooge anyway. Yeah, because right. why wouldn't they, you? Everything that they put <laughs> exactly. out was just exactly. gold to me, you know. But when I saw that, yeah, that's that song is a classic and isn't going anywhere. So don't think about it. Trip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say full disclosure. I cheated a little bit with with Tony. I walked in and I said just. Point me in the general direction of your hooge. <laughs> and he, he kind of pointed, and I was all like, okay. <laughs> and, he, and he nailed one on the first pull? Oh, yeah. What I was hoping for was Jark Prongo <laughs> moving through, through your system. system. But like, I, when I pulled that one out, I was like, that'll work. Actually, I, I hid that one when you came over because <laughs> I didn't want you to steal it from me. that one before, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've definitely played show. it on the show. Yeah. yeah can, I, can I jump in for the next one? Yep, I'm going to throw a, a big wrench in the works. Absolutely. Shut up. <laughs> I love it. So here's my pick. <laughs> yeah, David came in the house and said, where's your hip hop? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that this is the one that came out. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Here we go. Oh, yeah. This is the original. This would I be was, jumped you know, by Chris when, when Jermaine Dupree found these kids, yep. man. And... The cool thing is, because when I was in high school, actually when I was in, it was like 8th, ninth, and 10th grade, just the whole style of the skids yeah. And, yeah. and all that the stuff was out. But when these kids came out and they were wearing their stuff backwards, backwards. that was the coolest shit ever. Yeah. And it was it was the coolest shit ever. I but. tried to leave the house like that a couple of times and my mom was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and this was... What about, what about Inside Out? <laughs> no. Yes, this was lie. before... <laughs> Man, he hit the post on he that did. one, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, nailed the post. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this was before House of Pain jump around. Oh, yeah. So when this, I mean, this, this was the song too. that everybody in the club when this song came on, everybody started jumping up yeah, and down yeah, with it. And yeah. It just, it, it was just really, really good energy. But that still a works, good, by the way. Yeah, a good, just a good, positive, feel good vibe. Absolutely. It was just, it, this was, yeah. Man. Uh, I play this at comps a lot whenever there's a, a movement that requires them to like jump on boxes or jump over a bar or something. I'll always drop this. Yeah. In there. Yeah. It's yeah, such I, a I good song. Even it's to different. this day, I mean, it's played. You yeah. Know? So just in case we didn't say it already, it's, it's crisscross cross. jump. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give him a few bars here. <laughs> and there are what? 12 years old, 10 something, I don't know how old they were at this time. Youngsters. They, they, yeah. They were they were young. One actually passed away. I'm not sure which one. They had. Daddy never make you jump, jump. And when they were older, they made a, uh, like a remix. I yeah. I have a reggae remix. It's pretty tight. I think it's got Super Cat in it. Hold that thought one second. For those of you that can't see, we are pointing in the air. Yeah, we are moving our hands show. around, <laughs> pointing different angles. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just duck face. It. I mean, yeah, like stank face. Yes. <laughs> and they yeah. weren't, they weren't talking shit. They weren't gangsters. You know, right. it was all about a good time, man. It was just and, and but good they had lyri- flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah good lyricism, lyricism and articulate. Like just yeah, I mean, on, on it. Yes, yeah, so I mean, point me in the direction of your hip hop, and I busted that out, and I was like, "Yep, this will work." And you know who the, who this reminds me of every time I, I look at these guys now? Leo and Shay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, really, I mean, they they, they were, were on that level. They were on they were that level, there, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Mr. Turlington, what you got for us? So, again, I cheated a little bit with this one because I assumed that wherever he keeps his hooge, he keeps other good things as well. And I think I nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> you did. That's one of okay, my... Judging on the cover, I'd probably have to agree. Yeah. That, so... That's probably one of my most, I would have to say, memorable records 
Um, obviously, the cover's a little trash because it went through a flood in the basement. Ooh. But we dried, we dried a lot of stuff out, and they right. ended up sticking together. Yeah, we had to pull them yeah. apart, which is kind of sucks. But, I mean, the records are still good. Right. Um, but I got that record for one song. I mean, I, I liked everything that was on it, and I like everything that's on um, the Platypus label. But the one song that I got that for was Calling Your Name. Okay, that's what I was going to say. And, and now, mind you, this was before American Pie came out. Right. And, you know, when he was dancing around in the, in the room for Nadia and they were playing right. Calling Your Name. This right. was way before that even came out. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the main reasons why I got that. So that's what I was going to say is what I'm holding here is a platypus double pack. Um, uh, PLAT 35, um, and it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten tracks on here. Um, so of the ten, so I mean, we could <laughs> we could sit here and do three more pick threes, right? Just, <laughs> off, right? just off of this because Platypus was just one of those labels mm -hmm. uh, for progressive house and trance um, that, and even a little bit later into their catalog, some of their minimal techno, mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, kind of. That that would be a label, like, if I if I really wanted to, as a collector, like, I would love mm -hmm. to have the whole catalog. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think I might have it. So you might be pushing <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I, bet, I bet you're pretty close. Um so what I want, what I will do is, is since it's a double pack, um, you know, instead of just randomly picking one, do you want to, do you want to choose the track? I mean, I, we can play yeah, the calling your name. your name. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Now, like right, right off the bat, the first thing you notice is like, that's just, that's analog sounding like that right. synth. Right. Yeah. Like, I know that's a very typical thing to say for, like, old-school trance vinyl heads or right. whatever, but, I mean, it just, it sounds different. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a little whiny, it's a little, it, it's a little off. It, right. Perfect. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very resonant-y. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, it, it's, um, oh, man, and, but that vocal, man, that... And there's so many like remixes that spawned from that one yeah. too. Like this one is called the Granny Mix, um, but you know there's there's one that's like the obligatory chill out mix or mm -hmm. something. Oh my god! I think that and that yeah. one was even on a B side of another platypus release. I think it might have been Madagascar, Madagascar. or something. Mm -hmm. But like. I, and and when I got it, uh, I think it's the Solar Stone remix, if I remember, mm. if I'm remembering right. Um, but I mean, it was just like, you know, I, I I don't have any way of ever playing this, but man, is it awesome to just put on and get lost in that, yeah. in that, in that. I mean, just the layers on it and everything. But. And here comes your FM synthesis in the background. Here you go. Another one of those get stuck in your head forever. Mm -hmm. Hooks. The vocals here. Yeah, that that gated synth right there that's playing that choppy one yep that's like whatever happened to that <laughs> like it's so simple but 
like right. when I go back and hear it, I'm like, wait, nobody does that anymore. They're right. like, duh, 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 duh. yeah. Well, just it, with that, just like real filtered out, real like it sits in the background a little bit. Right, but it but it provides that motion that. But I think a lot of that is like it, that's a hard thing, it, you know, from a production standpoint. Like that's what made a good trans producer because mm-hmm. anybody can take fifteen super saws and twelve arpeggiators and throw them together and and even get them in the right key. But to get them to mix well and yeah. you know to get all of the different layers to really like you know sit well in a mix that. That was an art in itself. Like you know, what the funny thing is, is ever even though I've musically I've kind of moved away from trance, at least as like the stuff I create and the stuff I mix. But you know, we've talked about before. Whenever I'm sitting in the studio, everything always tends to get trancey. <laughs> like it just it happens under its own power. And like, but it, it's funny because like it seems like that's what I'm best at. Like right, if right. I just wanted to become a straight up trans producer, I think I'd do all that's right. Your, your root love, man. Well, well and, right. and and it's what I learned on and yeah. and stuff. But it's funny that that's the case because even from an audio perspective, like trance is not easy to work with, right? Comparatively, right. but right. I'm way better at that at, than I would be at like mixing uh, minimal techno mm-hmm. track. Well, and it, mixing in the producer sense, I mean. right? Because f- from a production standpoint, I'm the same way. Like I fight the urge to put in pads and yeah. and and you know big sounding super saws and stuff like that. Not because like that's the sound I'm actually going for, but because like when I am trying to experiment with new sounds or to fill what I think is a void in mm-hmm. in a track that. It, for some odd reason, those always seem to fit. And then once they're in there and I come back to something later on, like, oh, God, my 1999 self is trying to like reinvade the, start, start. <laughs> the modern day studio. You, you rename the project file from Untitled to Unicorns and Rainbows, and then you move on to the next one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what was the second one you wanted, Tony? The um, Quiet Man, Now and Zen? Yes. Okay. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> is this a remix? Or? Uh, this one is called Now and Zen by Quiet Man. And, you know, there was a bunch of, like, stuff that, like, had that real acidic, you know, distorted, you know, just really aggressive, like, I'm going to say 303. It wasn't always a 303, but, you know, it was, it, that kind that of sound. sound. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, and there was, like, this mix CD that I had at some point that, like, had nothing but this kind of, like, high-energy stuff with that in it. And it was just, like, that was, like, my favoriteest mix CD, like, ever for, like, two years. Like, just, I would always be putting it in. People are, like, trying to put in newer stuff, like... You know, uh, Kiyoki and, you know, like Ooh, Bad Boy wow. Bill and all the like newer time. stuff yeah. that was coming out. And I'm like, no, put the old stuff back <laughs> in. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> so just to, to throw a little tease in there, I'm actually working on a, a solo episode on the side yeah. called David's Five Classic Mixes. Yeah. And they're like just mixes like the pick three style. Sure. They're just mixes that are important to me for some reason. Sure. And one of them is basically all that kind of like mostly acid trance. Nice. But it's like all mid, early and mid '90s stuff. Right, right. And it's it's awesome. I can't wait to play that's, that for you. I mean, it's awesome. like 142 BPM, crazy. You know, right. but it's, it's so good stuff. so you you don't have Wink's Higher State of Consciousness in there. Not the original mix, but somebody's <laughs> remix of it because that <laughs> line was ripped and reused right. all the time. To me, that's trance. Right. That's yeah. good Agreed. progressive trance. Yeah. Like, like, and and you know, you can say it was ecstasy. You can say it was you know whatever it was, but like, you know, 
the the old school parties man like i said before like that these are the types of tracks that you know it had people dancing it gave them that you know two minutes you know minute and a half to two minutes to rest up a little bit kind of get themselves back into the zone and and it it was it was it felt like a to me it was the most euphoric yeah that's exactly music in those days yeah that's exactly the word i was going to use was euphoric because it, it just felt euphoric it was just there there was a bond you know, and as, everybody was there and enjoying it and listening to it for that reason, exactly. which was cool. Yeah, I yep. mean, even even I experienced enough of it at the tail end to, to get that much of it. Right, where like right. people were showing up because they all enjoyed that uplifting melodic feeling, and it right. and it kind of it it became its own little synergy in the room when everybody was feeling that it was kind of cool. Yeah, meditate. <laughs> This is Art of Trance Madagascar. Oh, oh perfect. Oh, nope, 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 nope. Take that back. Art of Trance. Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, you said Madagascar. Yeah, Madagascar, yeah, yeah. That'd be fine, too. <laughs> right, that would definitely be fine. might have made a remake. That's one of my all-time favorites Yeah, Madagascar. Yeah. Much happier tone on oh, this yeah. one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And you know what's funny is like, you know, with some of this stuff, you know, like the more modern like Psytrance kids could like totally rip some of these loops yeah. and just play that and, and nobody would be the wiser. Like, because so, that's kind of the direction some of this stuff is going nowadays. Doesn't have as much of the analog feel because, you know, digital synthesis is so easily acceptable and cheaper. <laughs> it's real easy to get started on a Psytrance track, too. You just kick on one two three four bass on one two three four one two three four one two three four one two three four and you got that's all you need exactly exactly crank it up to a little too fast and you got a side trance track in the making telling you telling you not fast just a little just a little yeah 142 serious serious parties at the house like in the basement, we had this awesome basement, and Drew and I would like play. We were the only ones DJing, but we'd play eight hours. Oh yeah! In the basement, and just all of this type of stuff. And man, it just brings me back to that because it was just such a mm. good feeling, good vibe, just togetherness. Like I remember laying flat on the carpet, just melting. <laughs> you know, they're just the music, just taking me yeah. on like a serious, serious journey. Man. It's so funny to hear because now I play anywhere between 122 and 126 beats per minute. <laughs> I know. You know and this, I'm like, man, yeah, I really this, played this fast back this then. This is but, so fast. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean... If anybody uh, is listening uh, and and dug any of that stuff, I highly, 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 highly uh, recommend you check out uh, more of the Platypus uh, catalog. Um, and this uh, double pack specifically is PLAT35. Um, like I said, it's got 910... Uh, uh, of their iconic tracks up to that point. And that was one thing that was really cool about Platypus was that you know, for all of the awesome stuff that they put out, they constantly and consistently kept putting out double packs or collect, you know, collections of all of those tracks. So even if you bought all the 12 inches, you could very easily and quickly, you know, get all of those tracks, you know, for a cool 40, 50 bucks and just pick up the whole pack. So yeah, awesome stuff to, to uh, crate dig for. Yeah. So as I was rifling through, Tony's records I said and after I picked out the, the crisscross record <laughs> I said alright why don't you pick pick something whatever you want just something you feel like playing tonight out of your own collection so what did you pick for us um, I picked a group based out of our home state Ohio oh I know where he's going with yeah, this yeah man um, when when I first 
heard these guys because back then I was really into rap, but these guys kind of changed the game. They did with yeah. you know the way that they rapped, how fast that they rapped, the the harmonies they they sang like everything. But it's it's Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, it's Stuggish Ruggish Bone. Yeah. But Drew and I used to drive around in his. I don't even want to call it yellow. We'll call it faded yellow. <laughs> Camaro with T-tops or IROC with T-tops and just just bumping Bone Thugs, man. Like they, like I was raised on Bone Thugs. Yeah, huge fan from way back. This yeah, this and this is the original right the original twelve. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers, but we are against those thugs. thugs. So yeah, like that that uh, that intro, man. I I remember, you know, back in the in the '90s when, you know, the uh, the Super Predators and you know and and the Thugs and you know just all of the you know overt and and even you know just. You know, they tried to make it subliminal, but not really be subliminal about, you know, the people that you're talking about when when you use those terms. You know, stuff like that wouldn't even fly today. Like, you know, like today when somebody says thugs and you're talking about rappers, you know, that, you know, that's a that's that's looked at with the same disgust as a pejorative as the n-word you yeah. know and it's yes, just like it's, it's grabbed racial overtones along the way absolutely absolutely yeah. but uh you know so i just yeah you know it, there there's there's a lot of you know content within rap music that is hard to defend right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you can't same, be a hip-hop fan and then also have like complete moral standing with all of the lyrics <laughs> exactly. in hip-hop. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, you know, that would, you know, one of the, one of the points of gangster rap was to report yeah. what's on the streets. CNN of hip-hop. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, one thing that I like about these guys, too, and, and, you know, seeing them live a couple times, they do, you know, they do all of their iconic songs, but they talk about how they were the one group that did a song with Tupac. They and, did a song with and Biggie, Biggie and Easy E. You know, right. so both coasts, like all yep. coasts, and it's just, it's it's awesome, and it sits right here in our home state. Right. One thing that I was looking, what was the name you said they thought you and Stacy thought that they say Tasha and Natasha. Sha Tasha Williams is the female that sings the hook. Shatasha Is it really? So we're both wrong? Shatasha Williams. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I guess well, it's a draw. You're not wrong. Yeah, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> the album that this is from, Creeping on a Come Up. Uh, either their, I think it's their major first major label debut. I don't yeah, know if it's the first thing they ever did, but their not. first they, album, quote yeah, unquote. they had one called Faces of Death that came out yeah. before that, and it was, it. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're a fan of, of well, they had Bone, Bone Enterprise too, way, way right, back. right. It, it, so you know, like if if you're a fan of Bone, you know, and their style, then you'll like it. But you know, from an audiophile perspective, they were poorly produced, yeah. and it just didn't sound all that great. But yeah, but I, that, this was their first major commercial success. Yeah, yeah we sure. we play that album. We being me and my wife, we play that album straight through, all the time. Like just hanging out. Yeah. And you know my country loving wife <laughs> knows like every, <laughs> every lyric. <laughs> like she can play that. She can recite the album like straight through. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I, fun to watch. <laughs> I have to skip uh, uh, Ouija. Are you with me? Uh, I have to skip it because when I was uh, see, I was. Oh wait. Murder, 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 Yeah. Shatasha. Yeah. Is there an acapella? Can we like do yeah, that yeah. close? Um, <laughs> so I believe I was like seventeen, 
Yeah, I was 17, and I was driving. I, I was driving my car, um, in in my town, and there was like a really bad snowstorm, whatever, and uh, and it just hit the town like all of a sudden, you know, just like four inches inside of like an hour or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just right. Well, I'm on the other side of town at my buddy's house, and I had to get home, you know, before my stepdad came home, and, you know, because I was supposed to be home doing homework, you know, doing whatever, blah, 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 right? So, like, so I jump in the car, and I, like, am, like, trying to hurry to get home, but there's, like, this steep incline, you know, in the middle of town, so I'm coming down this hill, and all of a sudden, I hit a patch of black ice, and next thing I, and, and, Ouija, are you with me? Is what is like playing, playing yeah. at the time, and I'm like, oh shit! And car, <laughs> yeah. car just is like sliding, sliding, sliding. So all I'm hearing is Ouija, are you with me? Mo murder, mo murder, mo murder me now. And I'm, <laughs> as, I'm, 60, yeah. as I'm like, like sliding directly toward a concrete pillar that's like you know for a bridge, and I'm like. Holy sh! Most of that track is just them chanting the word murder, murder. over and over. <laughs> so, so I bash into the side of this bridge, and then um, and and I live through it, obviously. But like, um, so I get out and look at my car, and the uh, the the passenger front wheel is gone like it's been like mashed up underneath the car my uncle owned um uh an auto trim shop around the corner i drove my car on three wheels (laughs) dragging the axle on the third or on the fourth wheel and got around the 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 turn we do in ohio that's right dang it uh but uh i pulled into his into his uh parking lot and he's all like stop you're digging into the concrete, into the black top. Yeah, he was all like, "What did you do?" So I told him. So then, like um, later on, you know, when my stepdad he calls my stepdad, he comes down, and you know, all right, get your keys, blah blah blah. And so they're like messing with stuff, and he turns it on, and I had a booming system in this car, right? So as soon as he turns the key, and it's mo murder, mo murder, mo murder me now. Ouija, are you? What the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> like, never again. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> All right, let's hear this acapella and you see. You want to hear the whole thing, or do you just, just want to hear the argument settling? The argument settling, yeah. Well, we got lazy and crazy. And flesh <laughs> and Shatasha. Right. <laughs> Cleveland. We're both wrong this whole time. We've been fighting about this for years. We could have gotten a, a D word over this. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> All right. I guess we just get to continue to coexist. <laughs> That's how it's going to go down. Man. Huh? <laughs> That's awesome. All right. That was a lot of fun. We've got one more track we're going to go out with, but I want to say real quick, thank you guys for listening. And uh, you can make sure that you follow us on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you like to consume podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Uh, because if you're relying on us to uh, post it on social and to catch it there, uh, you know, it's kind of like a gamble whether you'll see that or not. So make sure you go and subscribe to wherever you'll see it. Uh, new episodes come out every Monday, and that's um, all I have to say. But also, I wanted to send, while we're on the trance tip, I want to send okay. a special shout-out to Robert Miles, oh, who yes. passed away, the Absolutely. trance yeah. god, man. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Start with children and explore from there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For any, any of you that have probably thought that you've never heard trance, you've heard that song. That and is very true. This uh, this last track you're playing for a reason, and I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic off to you, and then we'll sure. outro with this. So. Yeah. So um, uh, here locally, we had a uh, a fellow friend and DJ 
um, who recently passed away. And um, the record collection that um, I've talked about that I've acquired over the last that I acquired last year uh, was actually from a mutual friend. Um, and uh, I saw that he had posted this particular track um, in remembrance of the friend that uh, just recently passed away. Um, saying that you know he used to carry this particular record uh, because the guy who passed away uh, always asked him to play this track. So um, as soon as I saw it and I knew, hey, I've got to have it down there, right? I've got his whole record collection. So I went down there and dug this out. And the, the track is um, uh, Dennis H. Christ, <laughs> Midi Man, and Sparks. Uh, AKA the Lost Boys, and the track name is uh, Pennywise. So, Slemker, this one's for you. AKA the Booty Sippa. Booty Sippa. <laughs> Rest in honor, Chad. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Passionate DJ Podcast. Kill me, kill me, kill me.